Welcome to Team Perry's Step Out of Line podcast, featuring co-hosts Perry and Lori Finkelstein. Together, they explore, meet, and share inspirational stories with guests who have made a positive impact in today's world. This podcast resonates with our hope to make this world a better place one step at a time through love, acceptance, and uplifting conversations. You know, one of the things that we, um, you know, love to be able to do at FabFitFun is we also get to feature so many amazing, you know, female founders, female-founded brands. Um, and so it's an exciting month for us as well. But, you know, I think, um, so as far as the the way that things got started, it's kind of like a, um, a bit of a unique history. Um, my background is in content. I was a writer, a freelance writer, um, for about 10 years before starting FabFitFun with my co-founders, um, Mikey and Dan. Um, and um, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but, you know, back then, um, the world of media was very much ruled by glossy magazines um, that really promoted a pretty narrow definition of beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as a Puerto Rican Jewish girl um, from the San Fernando Valley um, that was a little bit chubby with a lot of curly hair who didn't fit like she fit those sort of stereotypes, but still loved everything about beauty and fashion and fitness. You know, we wanted to create a website that was more like your best friend giving you tips and tricks to a great life. Um, we ran it as a media brand for about three years. And, you know, originally I thought that, um, you know, that would be sort of what we did forever, that this was going to be this was sort of the, the media. The media game was was hopefully the, the end game. Um, and I think what's interesting is that, you know, my sort of out of the box moment probably happened within FabFitFun. And, you know, we were a really tiny team, um, but, you know, we were competing against, you know, some pretty major, you know, media organizations. And we were all kind of fighting for the same ad revenue um, and realized that it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't where we saw the future of FabFitFun. Um, and we needed some other kind of revenue model in order to make it work. And we really liked um, the idea of subscription. Um, and there were a few beauty sample boxes that were really popular. And, you know, I loved the idea of it, right? Like as an editor, I loved getting products in the mail. I love trying new things, um, but I'm also really cheap. So the idea of paying for samples that you could go get for free at Sephora just like didn't make a ton of sense, mm-hmm. at least to me. And, you know, not to mention that, you know, I really believe that, you know, while beauty is something that I love, you know, women are, you know, multifaceted beings with lots of different interests beyond beauty. And, you know, we had wanted to sort of bring a box um, that was much more in line with the website. So really focusing not just on beauty, but fashion and fitness and wellness and home and tech and everything that, um, you know, really makes women feel good. And we launched the box um, as a test and, um, you know, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. I think my two co-founders were more confident um, that it was going to be successful, um, but but very 
very much to my, uh, you know, sort of happiness, we sold out of that first box in 24 hours. And I think it wasn't crazy to think like, okay, we sort of established ourselves as authorities in beauty, fashion, and fitness. So it wasn't that weird to say, you know, we're not just going to write about these products. We're going to give them to you now, which, which really did help in those early days. But the pivot was, suddenly, um, you know, we now needed products for every season. Someone had to actually go find them. And, you know, I had been pretty, um, I had sort of helped to source that first box through a lot of the PR context that I had as a, as a writer or as a journalist. Um, but really it became a completely new job. And, you know, as someone who really thought of herself as a creative, you know, things like negotiations, um, terms, uh, cogs, these were things that I just had no idea what it meant, you know, trying to source things that were coming from overseas. What do you do when something comes um, with mold on it? These were all real things that happened in those first years. And um, I was very much learning as, as I went. And it was really scary because, you know, I think a lot of us just sort of naturally box ourselves into what we think that we're, we're good at and what we think we can do and what we think we can't do. And um, this was was not something that I had envisioned myself doing, um, but you know the opportunity to learn an entirely new skill set in my early 30s was pretty spectacular. And you know my drive, I guess my passion to um, you know not really sell stuff, but really bring these products to life to try and create a little bit of happiness and well being in our members' lives. That was really fun, and you could feel it. You, we sort of we sort of felt it from that very first box, um, and you know that that's been a huge change for for me. And I you know I don't have an MBA. Um, I wasn't formally trained um, in in business by any means. Um, but I've, I've been sort of passionate about our mission from the very beginning. Um, and while, you know, I've definitely made mistakes um, and learned on the job, you know, and, 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 and had to sort of, I don't know, go through a lot of sort of crazy things over the past years, you know, I feel so grateful for, for the journey that I've been on over these past 10 years. Um, it, it's incredible to hear your story. Carrie and I were, were just trying to describe ourselves in three words. And, and what did you pick for yourself? Uh, stress, exhausted, and pain. And then because we've been quarantined since March. And I, I wrote it down because I wasn't, I keep, I can't even remember. I wrote cranky, tired, and a little schlumpy. <laughs> um, so fab, fit, and fun. We, Perry just got a box uh, for the first time she joined the annual membership and you really feel it when the box comes, all of a sudden you do feel fab, fit and fun. It's yeah. not just a name, like she opened it up. She loves getting things. She loves getting things like at a, at a good price and the excitement of it. And I think now, especially because we haven't quarantined and because Perry is medically fragile for a year, we just needed something exciting something brought to us because obviously we're not going shopping we're not in the malls we're not at sephora anymore we can't do that um and i can't see a, a time in the near future where we are going to do that so mm -hmm. to have something come to us that she handpicked certain items and we're so excited about and then to join the community online and discuss products with people and trade with people you know she couldn't wear this mask you want it and i'll take this she's having the best time and it's like her you know, she's working hard in school and doing papers and studying. And this is like her time where she just like lets herself be, you know, Perry 
and she doesn't have to be a brainiac and she could just have fun and be happy. So I think um, whether you intended to or not more so this year than any other, I think your, your business, I'm, I'm sure it must have quadrupled it this past year because of the pandemic, but it's, there's such a need for it. I think to lift people's spirits up. And then we also uh, right. It makes Perry feel special. She's wearing um, one of your beautiful scarves that just came out as a little yes. headband. Um, you know, she's she's done all her makeup and everything, and she just feels pretty. I mean, we're home. We're still wearing sweatpants on the bottom, but on top, she's having a whole party. So um, I, it's awesome. I love that. I love that. And I mean, that's literally the reason um, that makes the sort of you know team wake up. It's what we're passionate about. Um, and I think, you know, there's all of this uh, sort of scientific research that links trying new things with happiness. And so whether it is, you know, a scarf that just makes you feel put together mm -hmm. um, or a new lipstick or, you know, if you have like a DIY kit, like the herb garden or some sort of cooking kit, you know, these are things that are small, but they are impactful in our lives. And yes, certainly when we're quarantined, having that sort of little bit of joy at home, I think is, you know, more important now than, than ever. And I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I think specifically for women, um, you know, we're really good at taking care of other people. Sometimes we are, we're not as good at taking care of ourselves and, you know, the hope is that, you know, while it's small, like the box is like an easy, effective way to bring back that self-care into our lives. Right. I think it's certainly something that we all need. I know, I mean, that I have not been the best at my own self-care over the past 10 years. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I have like intentionally thought, look, there's only so many things that we can all do in a day. Like I'm going to prioritize work, and I'm going to prioritize my kids. And I had a lot of mom guilt because I was traveling a lot. I spoke at a lot of different conferences, um, a lot of stuff for sort of the brand partnership side of things. And, you know, I was in the office all day. And when I wasn't in the office, you know, I wanted to immediately come home to see them. And I understand, you know, why that was the, the sort of last seven or eight years of my life. But it really did take a pandemic to make me see that, like, I have to take care of myself. And, you know, because we were all home for so many months, the, it wasn't traveling, the mom guilt started to dissipate. Um, you know, I started to take an hour for myself every day to whether it was like just to take a walk, to do sort of like a little bit of kickboxing in my backyard. And I found that that self-care, you know, it's made me a better leader. It's made me a better mom. Like, I can't believe that, like, I would, I mean, I, you know, we, we don't just want to talk the talk. We want to walk the walk. And I right. think it's so important to find little ways that we really do put ourselves first. It just makes us better for everybody around us. I know, but as, as like a woman, I find it so difficult to let myself do that because yeah. I'm always taking care of somebody doing something and, and or I'm doing something for the family or for the house. It's very hard. And I, at pandemic, I have less time than before. I'm like busier. I have a very hard time giving myself that hour. Um, I just, I just can't, I can't do it sometimes. It's I, very you hard. Know what? It's really hard. And I remember being on so many panels where I would hear these women, they were talking about their exercise routines or their sort of big culinary accomplishments. I'm like, how the heck do they do it? Like, I just don't know how they fit it into the day. Um, and it's not, and it's certainly not easy. I think one thing that's been 
helpful for me is, you know, I, I like historically, I'm not a very organized person. I don't like schedules. Like I think of myself as a creative, um, but because, you know, we are all so busy, you know, I found that like, I have to schedule everything into my calendar and that includes like taking a bath sometimes, having right. a date night with my husband, you know, taking a walk. And look, the reality is those things don't always happen. Life comes up and, you know, there's going to be times when I just can't make it work. But I then reschedule those things to another point in my calendar. So they just don't drop off completely. Right. And I think that's been really helpful for me. And I put it on my calendar so that also the entire team can see what I'm doing. There's breaks where I have to check in with my kids because they're virtually learning. Um, and this is life now, right? We shouldn't be ashamed of it, you know? And like, we've all sort of gotten this weird peek into people's home lives. And I think we're all maybe a little bit more empathetic because we realize that we're people outside of the office that have many, many, many things going on at the same time. And I think we just have to be honest about it. It is really hard, you know? We're never gonna be perfect, but we're all sort of trying to do our best. Trying to do our best, I agree. Um, Perry, you had a couple of questions about products that um, they had or? Yeah, how do you like finding company that I want and that was how you get the corporation to say, yeah, I want to partner with your company for the add-ons or for the sale. How do you do that? Do they reach out to you or do you have to reach out to the company saying, oh, we love your mascara, we must have it? So it's, it's definitely a combination of both and it's changed over the years. Um, when we first launched, you know, it was eight products, the same eight products that went out to everyone, no customization. I can, I just pick something that I liked. And the idea was like, look, most of the members were in my demo. Um, they'd all come from the website. So if I liked it, you know, chances were high or at least hopes were high um, that they would like them as well. As we got bigger, you know, our membership has just become increasingly more diverse. And, you know, we have members that are, you know, 18 years old in San Diego and 65 years old in Kansas City. Um, and chances are that those two women probably don't want all of the same products, yeah. um, but we have both of our those women in our membership. So, um, you know, we increasingly rely on um, both data science and consumer insights to make sure that, you know, we're picking great products. So it starts out each season, um, we have a, now we have a merch strategy team um, who puts together a deck um, that includes, you know, trends that we think will be interesting to our members, um, ingredients that we want to feature, materials that we think are exciting. Um, and then that arms the merchandising team um, to talk to different brands about products that we think make sense for that sort of um, curation. And that's all. And a lot of the times it is inbound. There's a lot of brands these days that reach out to us, but it's working with the brands to then sort of narrow down, okay, we think these are sort of the select few products that we think are going to be interesting. Then they sort of come back with all of those products. It goes into the hands of our consumer insights team who surveys members to get a better sense of a Q score for a brand. And that's both um, awareness and likability, um, as well as a forecasted rating for every product. So then that goes back into the hands of the merchandising team. They start to narrow it down to the best sort of grouping of products. And it really is a little bit like a puzzle. 
um, you know, making sure that we're hitting all the different categories of beauty and fashion and fitness and wellness and home and tech, but also including brands that are are probably pretty well known, right? You could go into either like a Nordstrom's or a Bloomingdale's or a Sephora and find those products that helps to sort of establish the value and or retail of the pro of the box. And then we like to pair those with more sort of up and coming niche brands to create the surprise and delight and excitement every season. Um, and we're thinking about things like innovation. Does it feel different? Does it feel unique? Um, thinking about utility, um, just making sure that like it's actually going to be something that people want to use um, and the unexpected. I mean, that's always, I think, the fun part when you get something or you see something that you never really even knew that you wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and then we start to put together the choices and we look at things like dislike overlap um, so that we know that at least that the majority of members will like at least one of those products. And that's how we sort of think about the customization. And similarly, we do that for the sales as well. It's just a bigger set of products than that come in. Um, what's your favorite product? What's your favorite product? What's your favorite product that you have had that you like? Yeah. So Perry, that is a tough question. It's like picking my favorite child. It's not hard. No, it is. <laughs> uh, but I will say um, one of my favorite products is the Unhide Faux Fur Blanket um, that has been in two, two boxes. Um, it's the just it, yeah. super comforting. <laughs> and like, I know, I love it. I can't, we have so many of them. My children steal them all the time, but I don't get, I can never have too many. Um, interestingly enough, Perry was telling me that a woman in Texas had written on the forum or, you know, the community page that, it saved her recently, am I correct? Yeah. Because you. of the terrible um, conditions that they were facing two weeks ago. And she had the Fab Fit and Fun blankets and it saved her and her family yeah. because that was what was keeping them warm. I mean, um, I love I love that. And I, I saw similar things in the community, just like, you know, in Texas, you don't think that you're going to need a faux fur blanket, like right. most of the time, but that yeah. that's so wonderful. Yeah, so she heard that and Perry's like, Ma, do you hear this? And I was like, yeah, this is, no, you know, like, incredible. Now we have to have one. Right now she's like, now I have to find one. Um, you have to know your customer service online is phenomenal because whenever Perry's had an issue or she was allergic to something, they respond very quickly and she was, she tell you know she she's constantly giving feedback and getting feedback from them and and that's like such a plus with your company that the customer service is is amazing and, and your social responsibility effort right social responsibility effort and your philanthropy efforts is something Perry admires also because when she was looking at companies and women that she wanted to meet and CEOs and and contributions. Um, she she noticed you know you you hit that mark for sure um, the fact that you also you know, have that in your spirit and your heart is, is amazing. And, and Perry feels, you know, akin to you that that is extremely important to her. So amazing, amazing well, work that you do. Thank you. I mean, same to you. It's, I was like, you guys have accomplished quite, quite a bit. And we'll have to talk offline about how we can think about, um, you know, incorporating the nonprofit into the FabFitFun world. I mean, for us, it's oh, just wow. finding causes that are near and dear to our members' hearts. And, you know, we know that we have the sort of big spotlight um, that that we get to shine on brands. But we sort of thought, well, if we could do it for brands, we can certainly do it for nonprofits as well. And so that's mm -hmm. been um, honestly just a, a nice 
nice bonus. And, uh, and you know, thank you for the shout out to the customer service team. I will say it's probably the hardest job at FabFitFun, you know, only because we're such a weird, unique business in that, you know, members pay for something that they don't even know what they're getting. Right. And that level of trust is so high. And so our bar, you know, it, it just has to go up and up and up and you know, the, the CS team is so knowledgeable. We actually think about them kind of like, um, at a, like at a talent agency, um, the mail room is where many people start out who want to be agents. Right. And in our CS team, there's been a tons of really amazing cases of women, you know, starting in CS and then joining the merchandising team or joining the engineering team. And so, um, you know, for us, that that's pretty important because they get to know our members better than anybody, you know, right. when, and they have insight that you, you don't see, you know, from your top level, they're seeing, they're dealing in the battlefields, you know, exactly. three words that you're describing yourself with, not fab, fit and fun, pick three other words. <laughs> no, it, it's certainly not fab, fit, fun. And by the way, I have no doubt that you're going to be incredibly successful. And I hope that we can stay in touch so I can see you continue on to your journey. Um, because nothing makes me happier than, um, you know, supporting other female founders out in the world. Um, mm -hmm. All right. But three words to describe me. I will say um, creative, um, spontaneous, and tired. As long as we're all tired. Yeah. But as long as you're still creative and spontaneous, that's all that matters. Yeah, a little like spontaneity has sort of shifted its meeting in quarantine, but try and keep it up nonetheless. Like, let's have macaroni and cheese tonight. Exactly. <laughs> but maybe we'll, we'll spice it up. We'll put some bacon bits on top. That's right. where. 